Welcome to the Tilted Halo. This is a new podcast and it's for anybody who's a woman in ministry. You might be a pastor like myself, a bishop, a priest, a rabbi, music minister, elder, children's minister, whatever your title is, you're absolutely in the right place. Especially if you're someone who loves your ministry and you're doing it well and you're feeling pressure to sometimes be perfect and deep down inside, you know you're not. And how in the world to deal with that? And men, you're absolutely welcome here too because this is about ministry and the same thing can happen to you. So you're all in the right place. Let's get started with the show. A couple of years ago, uh, as I was doing uh, my radio show, and that was on for five and a half years, by the way, uh, but I got to hear about some wonderful uh, interfaith collaborations. Now, I've talked about collaborations in a very general term uh, on this show before, but today I'm going to be talking about specifically interfaith collaborations. And one of these communities is in Omaha, Nebraska. It's called the Tri-Faith Community. It's a community of Christian, Jewish, and Muslim uh, people, congregations. And it started after 9-11 as a response from the Jewish community to literally surround the Muslim community. So that, because they were afraid that other members and people within the Omaha area, uh, because of what happened on 9-11, would attack Muslim people and the Muslim community. And so literally, Jewish people, there might have been some Christians in there too, I'm not sure, but literally, Jewish people came out and physically surrounded the Muslim community center and buildings and things like that. And that was the beginning of a a beautiful relationship that then invited in also a Christian congregation to be part of that. And I think they invited a couple of different ones, but uh, finally one congregation accepted that invitation. And part of what they have done is they purchased a piece of land together. um, And on that piece of land, there is now separate buildings for each of these faith communities, uh, these faith groups, uh, for their own special worship places where they can come together individually to worship. But in the middle, there is a common area where they do things together. And they've had community meals. Now, that creates some issues because there are certain kinds of foods that uh, Jewish people and Muslim people just don't eat. And so it's how do you have a community meal where You know, there might be somebody bringing something that would be offensive to uh, somebody who's Muslim or somebody who's Jewish to eat. 
Well, you do it by, first of all, telling people what those foods are. And then when they bring a dish, label it so that people will know if any of those uh, foods are inside of that. In other words, if there's pork in something, whether it's bacon or ham or whatever, put on a label that says it contains pork. That way, the people who are Muslim and Jewish would know not to eat that. And there are other foods um, that might be involved with that as well. But it's a simple way of showing respect to other people so that they can continue to follow and practice their faith, but in a community atmosphere where everybody can be there, regardless of their faith. And that that was, when I learned about that, I had the opportunity to interview uh, a number of the faith leaders from those communities. And it was tremendous blessing to hear the the positive ways in which those faith communities have grown to interact and work together and the example that that has been within the larger uh, area around Omaha, Nebraska. It's been a beautiful thing to see. Now, there is another community, similar but not quite the same, uh, in the area around Chicago. Uh, I don't think they have a particular name for them, but it's um, there's a Christian congregation, a Jewish congregation, and a Muslim community that as a response to uh, Hurricane Katrina, when that came through into uh, Texas and the Gulf Coast area, uh, they got together a group of people from those three communities, went down by a busload to help rebuild and help with the cleanup efforts and building efforts uh, after Hurricane Katrina. And that was you know, a beautiful thing to see. And in the process, they too had to learn about how do we respect those who uh, maybe have different dietary requirements? How do we respect those who in some way are different? And they also went back down to work with uh, some of the immigration issues a number of years ago before the pandemic um, along the uh, Texas-Mexico border. And some of, uh, many of them went across the border into Mexico. And they had to address the question, okay, the people who have gone across the border have brown skin. What do we do if immigration officials don't want to let them back in, even with all the proper documentation that they had? You know, what do we do if there's problems with that? And so they had to sit down together as these three communities, groups coming together on this to think about how do we do with this? And they came to the conclusion that, you know, we don't leave and leave anybody behind. It's not like the ones who come back, they can go home. No, we stay and we work together to bring everybody back together. Thankfully, I don't think they had any problems with it, but they knew that was a possibility. And they talked about it and addressed those issues. 
And when the pandemic started, they were still thinking, okay, what can we do more locally as far as working together and bringing things together? And they were, the last time I talked with them, which was a couple of years ago now, they were talking about extending this cooperative effort to a Sikh community, which is a community of people from uh, India and Pakistan area, uh, and inviting them to be part of this uh, interfaith gathering of people doing some really wonderful things together. When and I, all of those kinds of things just warm my heart, uh, in large part because I know that there are wonderful people sharing the message of God's love in each of those different faiths. Um, God loves people, period. And to say that we can't have, uh, because I know that there's a lot of anti-sentiment these days, anti-Semitic, anti-Muslim, anti-anything that doesn't look like whatever group you might be a part of. Um, and and yet that is so, so unbiblical in all its ways because God created all people, not just those who are Caucasian or Jewish or Muslim or whatever the faith is. God created all people. God created us all equal. And God loves us all. God loves us all. No exceptions. No exceptions at all. And to see groups where there tends to be so much mistrust, distrust, and miscommunication beginning to work together in ways uh, like these two interfaith communities have done, it's just so beautiful to see that possibility, to break down the barriers. And one of the things I have learned is that in uh, Islam, in the book of Quran, there's a whole chapter, a whole chapter that talks about Mary, far more than in Christian scriptures, talks about Mary. Uh, And there's so much about the book of Quran that I have no clue about, to be very honest with you. I'm not an expert in that at all. But, you know, to, to think about the misconceptions we have about others just because they're different, just because we don't have an experience with people like that, that's not helpful. And the coming together in these collaborative ways can really help to bring that, those misunderstandings to the surface, but it can also help to dispel them. Um, I also have learned after speaking with an imam that Islam is not anti-female. In fact, the Prophet Muhammad had a very high regard for women. But because of some of the worship practices in Islam, it is considered not proper for there to be women who are in leadership in that. Uh, some of the, the ways that they understand what's proper 
for um, relationships between men and women. And so, you know, I don't know if there will ever be a female imam. I think that's a possibility, but I have no clue if that will ever happen. Um, And, you know, I'm not pushing for that at all. Um, I know there are women who are rabbis, and uh, that has been a more recent addition into some parts of Judaism um, and not into the Orthodox part of Judaism. But it, it, there are so many ways that we can learn from each other. Uh, as a Christian, I need to know about Judaism because Jesus was Jewish. And if we become anti-Semitic, to me that means we're anti-Jewish. Anti-Jesus, not anti-Jewish. We're anti-Jesus. And that does not fit with being a Christian. God never said no to the Jewish people. God never said that they were bad or wrong. That's our construction on that. And as far as Islam goes, there, there's nothing that can preclude us from caring about people who are Muslim. No, they don't understand God the same way that I do. There are a lot of Christians who don't understand God the same way I do. Uh, They do have some different traditions. That's fine. I have no problems with that. But, you know, each faith, um, whether it's Jewish, Muslim, Sikh, Buddhism, Hinduism, you know, doesn't mean I have to agree with them or become them. But there are things I can learn from them. There are ways that knowing people in those faiths can enrich my own faith and my own understanding of what it means to be a child of God and to be in a community that God creates. Not the one I create, but the bigger, broader community that God creates. And to treasuring the differences as well as the similarities between us and dispelling the myths and misunderstandings that are there and that we need to work on overcoming. So from the Tilted Halo today, I say God's blessings and God's peace to each and every one of you. And go learn about someone in a different faith. You don't have to share those beliefs, but learn what they are and to appreciate those beliefs that that is part of uh, a stepping stone, perhaps, to a faith like yours or mine or somebody else's. But Judaism and Islam and collaborations between Jews, Christians, and Muslims are possible. And they are a beautiful thing to see when they happen. So God's peace and God's blessings to you. And please come back again. Share the message of this podcast with others and come on back next week. You have been listening to Tilted Halo with me, Kathleen Panning. What did you think about this episode? I'd really like to hear from you. Leave me some comments. 
Be sure to like, subscribe, and share this episode. And catch another upcoming episode for more conversation on ministry, life, mindset, and a whole lot more. Go to www.siltedhalohelp.com where I've got a resource guide and other resources waiting for you. And be sure to say hi to me, Kathleen Panning, on LinkedIn. See you on the next episode.